Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw, and today I bring you Ben Newman. Do you get motivation, clarity, or inspiration from the Success Through Failure podcast? Then don't be so selfish. Share the motivation with your friends. Go to jimharshawjr.com slash share, and there you'll find a simple page with just three buttons. One to share the podcast on Twitter, one for Facebook, and one for LinkedIn. Click any of the buttons, and you'll have the option to either share the pre-written tweet or message or rewrite your own. That's it. Super simple. It'll just take a few seconds unless you're selfish and you want to keep all of this awesome inspiration to yourself, go ahead and let your friends in on the secret. They'll thank you. And if nothing else, you'll have something cool to talk about the next time you get together. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash share. Ben is a performance coach, international keynote speaker, and best-selling author whose clients include Fortune 500 companies around the world, business executives, sales organizations, and professional athletes in the NFL, PGA, NBA, and uh, Major League Baseball, UFC, and the NCAA. Ben serves as a special consultant for the 17-time national champion Alabama football program, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And in addition, he's the performance coach for the record-setting five straight Division I national football champion, North Dakota State Bison. He was also just recently, I think just yesterday, as of the recording, uh, named the one of the top 50 speakers in the world by Real Leaders Magazine. And he shared the stage with Jerry Rice, Tony Dungy, Colin Powell, Brian Tracy, Ken Blanchard, John Gordon, and many, many other leaders and legends around the world. And for the listeners, as always, if you don't have time to listen to this entire episode, or if you hear something you like, but you don't have a chance to write it down, make sure you grab your free copy of the action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. Ben, welcome to the show. Well, Jim, thank you so much for having me, and I couldn't be any more excited to be with with you and with your listeners. You know, success through failure is a way I've lived my life, so <laughs> pretty fired up to have this opportunity to chat with you. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you, you've you've had so much success, and for you to pull back the curtain on failure and struggle, even for yourself, and, and even some of the the elite performers that you work with, is going to be just, I think, enlightening for us all. Um, you, you've you've worked so, with some incredible people, and I think we have a lot to learn here. So let's start with this, Ben. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, kind of where you grew up, and the, maybe the thirty thousand foot view of you know, how you got from there to where you're at now. Absolutely. And and I'll start by mentioning, I think for all of us, you know, we all have a story. We all have challenge and adversity that we've been through. And, you know, how you choose to respond to that challenge and adversity is what determines the story that you write. And so it's always, you know, people will mention those bios and all the success stories. But it's one of the things I love about your podcast and your belief system is that it really is that failure that drives our success. And for me, 
it wasn't necessarily failure. It was pain that I had to endure very early as a child, having to grow up very fast that really molded my mindset. My parents were divorced at six months old. I'm a St. Louis born kid, still live here today. And parents divorced at six months old, never knew my parents together by five years old. My mother had been diagnosed with a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. And for those of you that don't know what amyloidosis is, each and every single one of you in your muscles, you have amyloids. If you have an excess of amyloids, you'd have amyloidosis. And at the time of her diagnosis, two hospitals in the United States treating the disease, Mayo Clinic in Minnesota and the Boston Medical Center. And my mother chose Boston. And she went to Boston and she found out there that she was only the second woman under 40 years old they'd ever seen or heard of having the disease. They gave my mother two to four years to live. And, you know, Jim, it's one of those moments like when you face that adversity, you know, how do you respond? Right. And my mother's response in that moment was going to determine how my brother and I would show up for adversity and challenge for the rest of our lives. So I think for everybody, as I'm sharing the details of this story, you know, there's individuals who are watching how you respond and you were probably watching somebody else's reaction when you've been through challenge and adversity. And my mother took out this old blue mead notebook and it turned into a journal. And my mother would write, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with the disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. She would continue to lead my brother and I. And she, when we had 24-hour nursing care in the house, she came to the dinner table with an IV stand to ask me how my day was at school. And wow. even though my mother passed 11 days before my eighth birthday and took the pen that she was writing with in that journal and passed it on to myself and, and my older brother, you know, my mother taught me how to fight. She taught me about passion. She taught me about conviction. And she taught me what it means to truly live and to give your best. And so I had to learn early that you've got to rise up. You know, she taught me that that mental fight, not the type of fight that uh, Jim would bring to me if we got on the wrestling mat. <laughs> So I know this is tough on the ears and what you guys didn't expect. So I had to get that in there. <laughs> but, uh, Jim, I admire, you know, being a, an elite wrestler the way that you were, right? It's the physical and mental that makes the difference. And the mental, which has helped me embrace failure, I learned from my mom. Yeah, the mental side is such a big part of it. I think people overlook that, right? It, it, that they think it's just, um, you know, it, it's... It's the activity, and, and so I think the activity is certainly important, right? Whether it's you know, athlete athletics is kind of the easiest way to look at it. We go, okay, you've got to train hard, and and that will make you a great athlete. Well, yeah, you got to train hard, but but it's the it's the mental side of it that allows you to train hard. It allows you to train hard uh, and, and do hard things despite setback, despite failure, despite obstacles, uh, despite signs that say you can't succeed. You can't just say, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wake up and, and, you know, and, and, and work through that. It's the mental side that has to that be from something deep within you. And you've talked about that, like standard over feelings, right? I mean, using these, these standards that drive you as opposed to just kind of you know, operating based on the, the feelings that might hold you back. And, and that's exactly right. You know, standard over feelings is, you know, there's the, I could give sports examples and I could give business examples and maybe we could walk through, you know, one of each, but you yeah, know, on please. the business side, you know, we're so individuals have a tendency to be conditioned to what they've allowed to become what's normal in their lives. Right. And so rather than pushing and challenging, a lot of times we protect ourselves. There's content behavior. We don't necessarily take on the challenges. 
And I would encourage everybody to think of the perspective. As I shared, I'm not the only individual that has a story. Everybody listening right now, you have a story of pain and challenge and adversity that you've had to fight through. It's different for everybody, but we all have it. And so, you know, in the business world, I used to bring that with me all the time. I, I would never allow my feelings to dictate how I show up. Oh, this person hung up the phone on me. Well, you know what? Somebody hanging up the phone on me is not as bad as seeing my mother come to the dinner table with an IV stand. So, you know what? I'll probably just consider that somebody's going to have to come with stronger heat than that to break me. Yeah. And then the, the other side of it is, you know, let's say for somebody listening that's in sales, you know, do you allow the great sale that you made yesterday or last week to dictate how you show up today? And I work with high performing teams in businesses and in, in, in pick an industry. And far too often people will make a great commission and they don't work for a month. Yeah. And that, to me, that's just not how I choose to live, right? I mean, imagine when you were wrestling. Imagine all the things that you've now done in your career, Jim. I mean, if you decided that, you know, the last great sale that you made or the last great match you had, you didn't have to work. You didn't have to train. You didn't have to practice. probably get your butt. Yeah. And so far too often we allow those feelings to dictate how we show up. And I always encourage people. I say pick the period of time where you feel like you performed at your highest possible level. And that's your standard. And then it's a choice for you. Are you going to allow your feelings to dictate how you show up? Are you going to live to that standard? I love saying attack the process, win the day. And that's that process piece. And if you show up and give your best every day, and we all know what it looks like to give our best, but it's a choice to actually do it, you will win more in your life rather than focusing on results that you can't control that are in the future or allowing past results to show up. And in the sports world, I think of a press conference that Tua had, uh, Tua Tungavailoa at the University of Alabama. I mean, I, I'm not sharing anything private. I mean, he, he, he said it for the world to hear. At one of his press conferences last year in the playoffs, somebody asked him about you know some of the mindsets of the team, and he said, in our building, it's standard over feelings. And even though there was significant challenge, you know, when I taught that to the team last training camp, this is my second season as a mental conditioning coach for Alabama. You know, when I shared that standard over feelings, they made a choice to embrace it. And that is the reason why they will respond from the failure and they will have success through the failure of losing to Clemson last year. Yeah. And so how we, how we choose to respond and whether or not you show up to the standard that will always be the difference in your life yeah so people need to the listeners you know define what that standard is look at your look at like you, you said ben your high watermark look at your last success i mean that's that's the bottom like that's the minimum standard right you you are at least that good and that capable and and that's your minimum standard and i, I gotta imagine like it's got to be interesting working with the program like North Dakota State. Maybe a lot of people don't know that, but they're five-time national champions. They are FCS. They're the the, they're yep. the best, right? Go ahead. Yeah. So my my first year working with North Dakota State was Carson Wentz's senior year, and you know I've been, I've been blessed to have the opportunity to, to continue to have. Uh, you know, a chance to work with Carson and, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's an iron sharpens iron relationship because Carson makes me better. Yeah. You know, the way that that young man shows up and the money that he's raising in Haiti and the things that he does on and off the field and the type of leader that he is, he probably motivates me more than I motivate him. <laughs> and, you know, that to me is what life is all about, but he has made a choice to live to a standard. And he learned that at North Dakota state and those players continued to live to that standard. 
And now the, the head coach at North Dakota State, we spent four, four seasons there together. And now we're, he, he brought me with him to Kansas State. So I'll be doing the same work at Kansas State now. So it's, you know, it, it's teaching people about the standard, and that's what wins long-term. It creates the next opportunity for you. It opens doors for you. And the more that you focus on being your best every day, the more you challenge your capacity, the more you're going to win. And those programs, you, you win a national championship, whether it's Alabama, whether it's North Dakota State, whether it's you know these elite performers that you work with, they win a national championship. And like you said, you know people make the big sale, get the big commission, and then they sit back and go, and they coast for a little bit. They go, man, I can take a little vacation here now because you know I just made that 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 sale. That big sale is going to carry me for a while. But you're saying these these elite performers attack a process. They focus a on a process less than the outcome. Is that right? And so I'll give you an example of Jim Cramer, the strength and conditioning coach with the North Dakota State Bison. And, and this is the mindset that many winners have when they live to a standard and show up to the standard. So Coach Cramer does not allow players to wear championship gear in his weight room. You can't wear a national huh. championship T-shirt. You can't wear a, nat- a conference championship T-shirt. And the reason why he does that, he says, what you did yesterday does not define you. What defines you is what you're willing to do today. Yeah, I love and, you that. Know, a lot of times, it's, a, it's those little things that make the difference. And that's become part of their standard. That's how they show up. And, you know, oftentimes you see individuals that, that you know, they wear their rings everywhere. You know, I, I hardly ever wear my national championship rings from North Dakota State because those don't define me. And when I do wear them, I wear them intentionally. Maybe it's when I'm speaking to share the story of what I see when I look at those rings, which is not what many people see, which is the bling and the diamonds. It's the relationships and what I learn from being part of a program like that. Yeah. And so let's flip that over. Does it go the same with failure? Okay. So I can't wear a championship t-shirt. Don't want to, you know, can't wear a conference championship t-shirt in the weight room because that, you know, I'm not, you know, what, what happened yesterday, that championship last season doesn't define me. How about the failure? Does that, is that part of the story? That part of the message too? that failure doesn't define me. Yeah. So this story will blow you away. You're going to be, you're going to be happy that you uh, directed us to, to this question. So many people think, Oh, you know, being at North Dakota state, you won all these national championships working there and, you know, partying on the field and all this stuff and holding up the trophies and all those people. And, everything that you see on ESPN and the reality is, and this is pretty wild in my four years at North Dakota state, I would typically be on the sidelines with the team for about eight or nine games a year. The team lost one game in the four years that I worked there when I was present for the game, one game <laughs> Wow! and one game that they lost was my proudest moment as part of that program. And we were playing in the semifinals against James Madison we were coming off of winning that fifth straight national championship, which was a record. And once again, at that point, I'm, I, I'd never been with the team in which they'd lost, never been in the locker room live in a game in which they'd lost. And I had no idea what to expect. And so here we are, you know, the run of the five straight titles, which is a NCAA record at any level of college football is broken, right? There is no six. And you lose on national television. We lose on ESPN. We go into the locker room and Coach Kleiman, one of the greatest acts of leadership I've ever seen, 
He looks around the locker room. You know, there's 110 men that are devastated. And he looks and he pauses. And he says, you are never defined by a moment. You are always defined by your entire body of work. And this is one of the greatest bodies of work in the history of college football. And then he paused and he said, just to break up, to break things up, he said, and did you really think this was never going to end? <laughs> <laughs> and we all just kind of smiled, even though some of us had tears in our eyes. And, you know, it was one of those moments where you realized, I mean, that was the proudest I'd ever been to be part of that program, to see that in the greatest adversity, the greatest failure that I had experienced with that team, losing the championship, five straight titles, the, the, the dynasty is done. But because he handled it that way, those kids were hungry through the failure. They showed up and continued to dominate the standard. And my last two seasons with the team, after that loss, we won back-to-back national championships. And heading into this year, even though I'll do some behind-the-scenes work for the team, uh, I won't be there in person because of going to, to Kansas State and the work at Alabama. They're preseason number one in the country, and wow. they're picked to go do it again. But it's because they show up to the standard even when they face pain. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just had a conversation this morning with one of my coaching clients, and she had a just a, something really bad happened to her. And, and she talked about she woke up and she followed through her habit, her standard. And she's like, I wanted to just turn the alarm off and go to bed and not get out of bed all day. She's like, but I got up and I worked out. Right? And it's, it's that level of, and this individual happens to be a Marine. This individual happens to be University of Virginia, Darden, one of the top business schools in the world, Darden graduate from there. I mean, she, she has these high standards that she's carried through her life. And this is like one small piece of why she is who she is, is like something bad happens over the weekend and she wakes up and she executes on the standard. She has this standard. She lives by it. And, and that's why she is where she's at. And, and I, th- I find that interesting when you see elite performers. They, they, they live by that standard. And so let me, let me ask you this, Ben, because this is interesting. Yep. So you know I'm, the Univ- I'm a University of Virginia graduate, big fan of the Cavaliers, of course. National championship, men's basketball program. Uh, they were the first team ever in the history of college basketball to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament to lose to a 16 seed last season, yep. right? two seasons ago, right? And then you know, the, the poise that Tony Bennett showed in the post-game interview probably created as much waves as the loss itself because he was just so poised and handled it just you know you could see that this is a man who focuses on the process not the outcome it hurt it stung bad but there, there's a process that he follows uh, I'm going to turn the page now it's uh, you got Ben Askren Ben Askren is one of the best MMA fighters in the world um, yep. he's been talking smack for years with Dana White about trying to you know about fighting in the UFC and finally they sign him to a one fight deal and he goes out and he gets knocked out in five seconds five seconds fastest knockout yep. in the history of the UFC and yep. Two I, days. I watched it live. Yeah, you watched it, right? There wasn't much to watch. It was over before it's literally <clears throat> over before it started. Flying knee, yep. boom, over, done. Within the, the knee hit his face in maybe two seconds into the fight, and it was called five seconds. It was over before it started. And now Ben yep. Askren shows up like two days later on a, a major podcast, does an interview. The man has 
this poise. And by the way, I had Ben Askren on this podcast uh, a while back. I'll have the link to that episode if anybody wants to go back and listen to it. Um, but but he shows this this poise uh, where most of us would want to go crawl under a rock, right? Um, Ronda Rousey did after she got beat a few years ago. But Ben Askren just showed up. And, and he was who he was, right? His nothing changes. Failure, success, he doesn't change who he is. Tony Bennett, success, failure, doesn't change who he is. And you're talking about the North Dakota State coach, success, failure, win, loss, you know, continue the streak, break the streak. He is who he is despite success, despite failure. Am I right? You're, you're exactly right. And I'll, and I'll share with you. So Ty, Tyron Woodley who wrestled with yeah. Ben Askren right. uh, at the University of Missouri. Tyron Woodley is one of my best friends in the whole world. I wow. would do anything for Tyron. And so Tyron and I have been friends for years, and I've been able to watch him do incredible things and, and reach the top as the wealth champion of the world and maintain that belt for three years. And I watched him at training camp spar with Ben Askren up in Milwaukee. Yeah. And, you know, you could just see in Ben Askren's eyes the fire that he had. He wasn't even training for a fight. He was training one of his best friends for a fight. And just the fire and the intentionality in his eyes was something special. And you see that in high performers. And that's where you know whether Ben Askren decides to fight again or he decides to run a gym or to train kids or whatever he decides to do, because of that fire and passion, it translates into other areas of your life. And you just take that pot fire, you take that passion. I call it the burn. We have a, a YouTube show called The Burn. And you take that burn and it applies to anything if you have an ability to work hard and do things for the right reasons. And you do it because of what fires you up and what lights you up inside. Yeah. And, and so for the listener, the, the takeaway there is like, what is it that fires you up inside? And once you identify that, once you identify what drives you, what your goals are, what's meaningful to you, what deep down what's meaningful, not like, you know, the hamburger that you're going to have on the grill tonight that's meaningful to you, but like, like deep down, what is really, truly important to you? And it takes work to figure that out. But once you figure that out, your life can be driven by, by bigger things. And, and while failure will still happen to you, it stings in a different way. You react in a different way. And, and you've just, you know, we've just given you several examples of how, how people who are driven by something deeper and, and bigger, uh, how they react. And it's, it's, uh, it's a much better way to go through life. Correct. Ben, can you, question. can you tell us, I got to ask this question. Everybody wants sure. to know, what's it like to work with Nick Saban, the Alabama football program. I mean, I don't you know, peel the curtain back a little bit. I mean, what's, what's it like? What's Nick Saban like? I and mean, what, what's their secret sauce? Well, coach Saban is one of the most focused and intentional human beings I've ever spent time with. And what I would tell you is most unique about the program is the relationships inside that building. And, you know, I think sometimes people can say, or you take winners, right? Whether it's Bill Belichick, whether it's Nick Saban, you know, they want to poke holes at the winners. Well, this person does this and this person does that. Nick Saban loves these players and these players love him. The coaches love the players and the players love the coaches. And it's, it is a special dynamic within that building. And I love those players. And, you know, it, there's just something about the relationships there's something about the focus and intentionality where you're willing to go to battle. You're willing to dig down deep. Everybody's there to push and challenge each other. And when you accept an environment like that, which is not comfortable, it's not easy, and it's not for everybody, you condition yourself to grow, 
you condition yourself to fight through that. Maybe it's a temporary failure of a tough workout and you push and you challenge and you truly do it as a family with one heartbeat with your brothers. And that's what they have in Alabama. And that's what makes that place unbelievably special. That's powerful. I mean, you think about relationships. I mean, for any of my clients who are listening or people who have listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I talk about relationships is, is first, right? That's the top goal, whether it's, whether it's professional or personal, you know, you want to get somewhere. It's about relationships, right? And whether that's, uh, your brothers or sisters on a, on a football team or any other sports team, uh, or in your business or in your company or in your family, it's, uh, relationships first. So that's, uh, that's fascinating. And, 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 and let, let me give you an example, because I think what people want, right, when, they, when you ask me that question is, oh, come on, man, that's a, that's a canned answer. Yeah, you give know, us something I, we I, never I, heard I, before. Yeah, right? give me something I've never heard before. And, and I'm sorry, that's not how winning is done is not some secret sauce. It's not some magic pill. And here's a great example I can give you. I was in Orlando speaking for a corporate client, and I have an Alabama tag on my backpack. And I'm walking through security, and this huge guy walks up to me. Hey, bro, why do you have that Alabama tag on there? And I said, oh, I, I do some work with the Alabama football team. I played football at Alabama. So I start talking to this guy, played at Alabama, went on to play in the NFL, and he and I just hit it off. He and I stayed connected. I am a former financial advisor. That's how I really cut my teeth financially and how my speaking and coaching career started back in 2006. And he's now a financial advisor. So I get on the phone with him. That's Alabama family. Of course, I'm going to help him. And the next thing you know, my last visit to Alabama, which was a couple months ago, he texts me, hey, I'm in Tuscaloosa for a meeting. I saw on social media that you're at the building. I'm coming there this afternoon to see some of the coaches. And he came there. We sat in one coach's office and we're talking. And then we got done. He's like, I got to go see Coach Saban before I leave. So you tell me it's not about relationships. And so, you know, this isn't just some canned answer. It's just what makes the program special. And you can't fake caring about your players. You can't fake hard work. You can't fake pouring into these players. And I think there's a lot of programs or businesses that they say one thing, but their actions show another. And I just feel tremendously blessed every time I have an opportunity to be there. You know, it's so interesting when we hear, you know, we all want the secret, right? What's the secret to success? And that's like blog post articles and everything else. And it's like, there's no real secret. It's not, it's nothing that you haven't heard before. It's just the application, the, the, the fundamentals, right? One of the, my podcast guests talked a while back about fall in love with the fundamentals. When you do, that's when, that's when success happens. It's, it's not sexy, right? But it's, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple and you've got to execute. And that's part of the mission of this podcast is to remind you, the listener, you've got to execute on these things. You've got to execute on the basics, the fundamentals, the things that you already know that you have to do, get up and do them and do them every day. That's how success happens. Yeah. So let let me share something, Jim, because I, you know, you and I have done this enough times to know that sometimes there's a listener who's saying, I, you know, I, I don't work with national championship teams or I've never played on a national championship team or, you know what, my business is just getting off, uh, off to a great start. And, you know, maybe I haven't won awards in business or I haven't like they get disconnected yeah, sure. from hearing this type of high performance. So I love that word execution. So wherever you are right now on your journey, start there. 
and recognize that where you are right now is part of the amazing story that you're writing. So if you're struggling with your nutrition right now, let's give a basic example. If you're struggling with your nutrition, you know, you're not, if you're eating two to three cheat meals a day, because somebody else has this unbelievable diet where they have one cheat meal a week, the chances of you going from two to three cheat meals a day to one a week is just not happening. And I'm not trying to be a a naysayer, but when I work with people in the corporate world as well as in sports, you have to build realistic habits and disciplines that challenge the heck out of you, but we have to start where you are. So if I were working with you on nutrition, I'd say, okay, if you're doing three cheat meals for the next seven days, let's go down to two cheat meals a day. Let's see how that goes after seven days. Let's go down to one cheat meal a day. And then after another seven days, let's eliminate one of the days of cheat meals. And if we can get in a two-month period of time or a three-month period of time to you having that one cheat meal a week, you're going to be dropping weight, more confident, feeling great about yourself. But rather than saying, ah, this isn't going to work for me, or doing it for one day and going, man, I was doing two to three cheat meals. I can't do one. Forget this. Don't worry about the results. Just worry about winning the game of your mind in all areas of your life by applying a little extra pressure, a little extra action, and building the disciplines for long-term change. Yeah, it's interesting. One of my podcast guests from way back, Jake Herbert, he was an Olympian wrestler, a world silver medalist, and he said he actually said, think small about your goals. When you set goals, think small, right? And that's exactly what he's talking about. This is a guy who obviously thought big in terms of his goals, but it's these small things, right? Making these small adjustments and, and making, you know, creating small wins that lead to the bigger wins. So that's a great process. Ben, I want to switch this over to you a little bit. Can you tell me, you know, some habits, you know, that set you apart, things that you've done over the years, you know, is there a habit that you feel has helped you succeed that, uh, that kind of sets you apart from others? Anything that you've done in particular over the years that you feel has really helped you, uh, set you apart? Yeah, so that's, a, that's an easy answer for me, and I attribute so much of my ability to stay focused and disciplined to my morning routine. And so many individuals have heard this, and I'm going to tell you the same thing, because some of you just cringe, like, oh, my God, another guy talking to me about morning yeah, routine. Yeah, this one again. I, this one again, right? I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to start waking up at the crazy early time that this guy wakes right. up. Wherever you are, start somewhere and realize the next level of your success is a math problem. And when I used to be behind and undisciplined in my morning workout years and years and years ago, probably over 10 years ago, I started waking up an extra 30 minutes earlier to reinstate some of the disciplines that were important to me. And I recognized in doing that, that the 30 minutes a day was two and a half hours a week times four, uh, two and a half hours a week times four weeks in a month is an extra 10 hours a month. It was an extra work day. Yeah. And you times that by, by 12 months in a year was an extra 12 days a year that I didn't have. And so rather than making excuses, I've got to sleep in. Same thing like with the nutrition. If, if Don't mess with my mornings. Start with five minutes. Then go to 10. Then go to 15. But to just accept the excuse, which is really an unwillingness to change, then you can't complain to me that you don't have time. And if you're watching Netflix for three hours every single night, go down to two and a half hours. It's still a lot of Netflix. So I'm not one of those coaches that says don't enjoy your life, but just don't make excuses. Yeah. Don't say I don't have time. Say I've not made it a priority. That's correct. Yeah. 
And that's great. So, so let's let's flip this over. And, and you know, can you tell me about a time where you failed, Ben? Can you tell me about a fine time where where you failed, and as a result, you felt that hopelessness, that self doubt that comes with failure, and how you were able to move through that and despite that, achieve success? Yes, yeah, so as I share the uh, the first part of this story, you guys are going to think I'm not answering the question, and I don't share this to impress you, to <laughs> impress upon the point. And then you're going to realize I fell pretty pretty darn hard. So as a financial advisor, I got off to a very, very fast start. That's how my speaking career started as a result of my passion, losing my mom, life insurance, putting me through college. I had this tremendous passion for helping other people plan so that I could help individuals write the story of the little guy, just like me, where the products are actually needed. And as a result of that, got off to a fast start. By my fourth year in the business, I had become part of the top 2% of all of 10,000 financial advisors in a fortune 100 financial firm. And I did that three years in a row. And it was one of those situations. I was setting big goals for myself, banging them down. I had started speaking. I was writing, I was coaching and running this successful business. And then in 2010, I got smacked, turned upside down, twisted up like a pretzel against Harshaw on the mat. I mean, it was literally painful as all get out. And I didn't know how to respond. I did, but I was choosing not to. And what had happened was, is through the first six months of the year, coming off of three straight years of being this elite top performer, I had had a few insurance cases that had gone the other way. And what that means in the insurance business is for those of you that are familiar, sometimes you sell a product and they actually pay you all your commissions up front. And I'm giving you guys the the easy version of the story and the faster version of the story. So they pay you all your commissions up front. Well, if something goes wrong or somebody changes their mind, they take those commissions back. So my last paycheck, October of 2010, and my first paycheck of November of 2010 were negative paychecks, multiples of tens of thousands of dollars. It was like giving an NFL game check back to the company that you worked for. (laughs) And you still had to pay your bills. So I got turned upside down financially very, very fast. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. Our second child had just been born. You felt like no matter what you sold, you couldn't keep going. I fell off of the disciplines. I was coaching people and speaking on these topics, yet not showing up and doing what I needed to do myself. And I'll never forget, I was on the phone with my coach, and that's one misconception many people have. Well, if you're a coach, you've got it all figured out. I still have two coaches. Yeah, likewise. I've had a coach since I was 25. Yeah, I've got two coaches because I'm still trying to figure it out, and I still feel like I'm just scratching the surface. And my coach said to me, he said, how many times do you dial on the phone? And I thought, man, what are you talking to me about? Man, I just get what needs to get done. I get it done. And he's saying to me, he goes, well, that's really working well for you right now, isn't it? And I was just like, man, I wish I could have grabbed him through the phone, right? And he said, you have got to get back to the disciplines. How many times per day do you need to dial the phone for you to know that you've shown up and given your best? Because you cannot change what's happened leading up to this point, but we sure can change your mindset and your behaviors moving forward. And that phone call, I reconnected back to the disciplines that allowed me to be a high performer. I silenced the doubts and the fears that had come along with the pain of being knocked down so significantly. And it took me over a year because I lost so much business off the books to get back to where I was. I mean, I ended up missing that top 2% club and 
you start to realize through that, like, man, the recognition doesn't matter. None of this, what matters is through the pain of failure that I decided to rise up through the pain of failure. I stayed connected to the disciplines. I stayed connected to my burn. I wanted to be the best example for my children, just like my mother was for me. And the pain of going through that 2010 year, just like that pain of being in that North Dakota State locker room for the one loss I was there for, those are the moments in life when you realize what you're really made of. You realize how much fight you really have inside of you, and it's really where you build your character for the next fight that's coming. The listeners can't see it, but Ben just dropped the mic and walked away. Yeah, uh, it's a great point, man. I mean, well said. And for the listener, just hit the rewind button on this podcast episode and go back and listen to that again because that, uh, that was gold right there. Ben, can you give us an action item? What can we do for the listener who says, okay, I get it. I'm in, I'm buying in, I'm behind you, Ben. What can I do, what can they do in the next 24 to 48 hours to really start moving towards their goal? What's one action item you'd recommend somebody take? Yeah, so pick one area of your life. Let's not go pick five areas. Let's not tackle them all. If you are currently in a moment of facing challenge, not wanting to pick one area, maybe it's your working out, maybe it's your nutrition, maybe you're struggling at work right now like I was in 2010, Whatever that area is, pick one area, challenge yourself, create a 30 day challenge over the next 30 days. You're going to change how you show up by connecting to your burn every day, every morning, wake up and say, I'm going to connect to that burn. What drives me? I'm going to intentionally connect to it because that's, what's going to cause a different mindset and different action. So number one, over 30 days, connect to your burn every day. And number two, pick a discipline, a habit, a process based action step around that discipline and hammer it one day at a time for 30 days. And then a 30 day challenge, people can touch it. They can taste it. They can feel it. I know that you can do this, but for the first seven days, I want you to make sure that what you picked was right. So today commit, set whatever that goal is for 30 days today, commit to connecting to that burn, but seven days from now, put a marker on your calendar. I'm going to make sure that what I picked was right. And if it was wrong, we want to tweak it. We don't want to do the wrong thing for 30 days. So identify the discipline, connect to your burn, set a 30 day challenge, make sure it's right after seven days and go attack it one day at a time. And if you start to plug away at different areas of your life, you continue to tap into your capacity and you'll, you follow your life with the lesson that my mother taught me greatest life lesson. It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. You show up and you do the tough stuff. You show up and you make the right choices. You will continue to write one hell of a story. There you have it, folks. I mean, I've done, Ben, I've done over 200 episodes, and this may be the single best action item that I've ever heard. So listeners, you know exactly what to do. It's a concrete, clear action item. Execute on this. Thank you, Ben, for sharing that. Can you share with the listeners how we can find you, follow you, find your books, et cetera? Yeah. So, you know, I would love for people to stay connected. I, I would love for you guys to tweet at me or send me DMs or whatever, whatever social media you like. It's at Continued Fight. Let me know how your 30-day challenge is going. Come follow us. Uh, if you're interested in diving deeper, you can check out our Mental Toughness Academy at bennewman.net forward slash join. 
there's Tyron Woodley videos and Jerry Rice and sports psychologists. And, you know, if, if this is the type of work you like doing, I think you'll enjoy being a part of that academy. Excellent. And for listeners, I'll have links to everything he just mentioned there. I have in his social media, Ben's social media as well. I have all those right in the action plan. You can go to jimharshawjr.com slash action to get the PDF with, with all that information that, uh, that Ben just shared. So Ben, I know you're super busy. By the time this thing airs, you are going to be at the Alabama football camp. So good luck with that. Good luck to the team this year. And thanks for making time to come on the show. I appreciate it, Jim. Great to be with you and all your listeners. And keep attacking the process one day at a time as you experience your success through failure. Absolutely. And for the listeners, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you got value out of this episode, I ask if you could do one of two things. Number one, most importantly, share it. Could you share it with one other person or on one social media platform, you can go to jimharshawjr.com slash share. And there's a couple of buttons there. It makes it really easy to share it on social media. Or number two, you could leave me a rating and review on iTunes. This helps other people find the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.